right, good morning again. Hey, let's open our Bibles, John chapter 10. We're going to start chapter 10 today. Chapter 9 was an incredible chapter about the man born blind and, and kind of, uh, you know, ended up with the, the Pharisees and their, you know, their blindness and Jesus confronting them uh, with their blindness. And, and uh, the man knew that he was blind and Jesus opened his eyes, but the Pharisees, they thought they could see yet they were blind and, and they were not willing for Jesus to do anything for them, so they're kind of stuck in their, in their place, blinded by their pride, Warren Wearsby said, their self-righteousness, their tradition, their false interpretation of the Word of God. Proverbs 26 says, Do you see a, a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. So when we start to think that we got it all together and we're just wise, I'm so wise. I've been around the block so many times. I know it now. But like, like, it, like we read in Luke, you know, the Pharisee and the tax collector, and the, the, fair, the, the tax collector says, you know, God have mercy on me, a sinner. That's a place of humility. Because the way up is, and the way down is, it's a different kind of math that the Lord has. So now chapter 10, you know, uh, is kind of, for the most part, the, the chapter is about this whole theme of shepherds and sheep. It's kind of, it's kind of wonderful, and yet it's kind of different, because uh, how many of you have any sheep in your backyard? On your block? In your city? A few, a couple of you. You know, most of us, we don't see sheep very often, right? We, we just don't. But for the people that Jesus was speaking to here and, and that we have, you know, recorded for us in the Gospel of John, it was very familiar. Like, that was like something everyday kind of occurrence. Every day they'd see sheep, they'd know, like, oh, I know all about that, because it was just the way of life. And so we've got to keep that in mind when we're looking at passages like this, you know, that, that uh, they were familiar with it, but we can become familiar with it as we talk about it. So we, so we have sheep, we have shepherds, we have uh, sheep folds, right? Isn't that the proper term? That's where the sheep go at night, sort of like your house. We have a door or a gate, and these are kind of the major pictures that we have in, the, in, in this chapter of, of John chapter 10, and other chapters as well. Uh, uh, chapter in Ezekiel, I believe it's chapter 34, uh, it deals a lot with sheep and shepherds. Now, at the end of chapter 9, if you recall, the Pharisees, <clears throat> the Pharisees uh, dealt with this man born blind. They didn't like what he had to say, and what did they do to him? They kicked him out. They excommunicated They threw him out. And so this is kind of this discussion is continuing now from chapter 9 in the sense that, you know, they had thrown him out, but Jesus has his own flock. They, they said, you know, you're out of our flock, bud. You know, you, you're not listening to us. We have the, you know, we know everything. We, we're know-it-alls. And they said, okay, you're out. But Jesus said, you know what? Come to me and you're in. That's what Jesus says. That's what he says. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. 
And, and, and anyway, so they kicked the man out, but the, the, Jesus is the shepherd, and, and, and Jesus has his own flock. The Pharisees, they claimed to be shepherds, though. They did. They thought they were. But they didn't really care about the sheep, and Jesus calls them thieves. He calls them robbers. He says, who do you, you know, we'll get to that in a minute. So let's, let's, uh, let's think about this for a minute. The truth is this. This is the first truth I want to point out to you, is we are sheep. We said that earlier, didn't we? We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, that is, on Jesus, the Messiah, the iniquity of us all. So we are like, we are like sheep. We are sheep. And sheep, from my understanding, I've never owned one. But in reading about sheep, they're not very smart. Any of you dealt with sheep enough to know that? They're not all that smart. And they're not all that clean either. You go to the Washington County Fair, and you see the sheep there, you know, and like, they have bathed these sheep, and they're still filthy looking. So what do they do? They get the shaver things out and they shave them all off. And they still look ugly. In fact, they look uglier, I think. You know, sl- you know like a worm kind of thing. So the truth is that we are sheep. The Bible uses that analogy. How do you know that? Because it says right here in Ezekiel chapter 34, you, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, are people. And I am your God, declares the Sovereign Lord. So the truth is we are sheep, but the the truth is also that we have a shepherd. We have a shepherd. That's a very important thing. And that, that, that goes all the way throughout this chapter, that theme, that idea. We're only going to look at the first nine verses today, but, but we see it in, in so many other passages too. What's the most famous one? Anybody? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. That's the most famous one. It's incredible. I challenge every one of you to memorize Psalm 23. I challenge you to do that. Can you do that? You say, well, I can't even barely remember my own phone number anymore. You know, it's because it's in speed dial and I don't even know what it is. You know what? We need to get the Word of God into us. You know, we, we, I, I meet with some of the younger people and we're doing worship in that, and that's one of the things that we've done is we've made it our goal to memorize Psalm 23. Isn't that right, you guys? Some of them have got it, and some of them are still struggling. <laughs> but they're going to get it. That is the most incredible psalm. We're going to talk more about that next week, though, so let's move on. We have a shepherd. We have a shepherd who cares, who takes care of us. And let's pick it up now in verse 1 of chapter 10, Gospel of John. Jesus is speaking here. He says, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. It's a phrase he uses an awful lot in the Gospel of John. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. Now, he's got these guys in front of him. You've got to keep this in mind. So he... he We've got these pictures, again, throughout this, this chapter here. And, and the first one he talks about is the sheep pen, right? Now, you all know what a sheep pen looks like, right? Of course you do. Like I said, you have one in your backyard. 
this is a sheep pen kind of of that day. Now, they would make them sometimes if they were out in the wilderness, they would just have to make them out of branches or whatever they could find. But this is a, one that was kind of a built-up, nice, a nice one, don't you think? You see they've got the, the stones along the top, the barbed wire to keep the, you know, the robbers and the thieves out. But, but Jesus is saying, listen, he's talking about this sheep pen. And he says there's a way to get in, and it's the gate. And so this, the sheep pen, the sheepfold, would be this court. It's like a courtyard surrounded. And, and, but there was only one entrance, and, and that, was, that was how they were kept safe. That was how they were protected. There was a gate. There was a door, only one way in. You see that? There's no back door, only one door. Keep that in mind because we're going to come back to this picture in, in a little bit here. So there was only one door, but, but Jesus says, you know, that anyone who tries to come in some other way, like climbing over the top or whatever, he's a thief and a robber. That, that's not to be done. Now, again, he's got these guys right in front of him. He's already told them that you guys are as blind as bats and you don't even know it. He didn't say that exactly. That's my paraphrase. But, but he's, he's referring to them, I believe, when he's talking about a thief and a robber because they were rejecting Jesus Christ. They were rejecting Jesus, who said he was the way. The thieves and robbers. A thief takes what doesn't belong. A robber uses violence to do that. We saw that when we looked at these Pharisees, these leaders, they were using fear and intimidation. They didn't really care about the people. They only cared about their position. Verse 2, the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. So you have the sheepfold, this picture. You have a gate, a doorway, and now he brings up this picture of the shepherd, right? The shepherd. You have the shepherd of the sheep. Now, the interesting thing about this passage, and, and you have to kind of read the whole thing to get what he's talking about here, but, but he, he really has two pictures of Jesus in this passage. He, he has Jesus as the shepherd, and he has Jesus as what else? The gate or the door. Now, he is both, and we'll, we'll get to how that could possibly be true. But, but it says here that the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd, so the shepherd is the one who's gone right in there with the sheep. The shepherd, and, and, and he's going to make it very, very clear later on that he himself is the shepherd. So truth number one, we are sheep. Truth number two is we have a shepherd, and that shepherd is Jesus. Verse 3, interesting, it says when, verse 3, the watchman opens the gate for him, that is for the shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his sheep, or all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Isn't that beautiful? When you start to read these verses and really kind of look at what he's talking about, first you say, well, who's the watchman? There are different views about that. Again, it's an analogy or an allegory that Jesus is speaking about here. But, but 
a few, you know, there are a few ideas. Uh, some think that, you know, the prophets of the Old Testament were the, the watchmen who opened the door for the Messiah Jesus. Or some think maybe it was John the Baptist who was the forerunner who kind of opened the way. Or, or maybe it's the Holy Spirit, some think, for Jesus. Open the way for Jesus. Either way, the fact is that he gives us a description now of what this shepherd would do. And that's what I find the most fascinating, the most interesting, the most beautiful, really. It says here in, in verse, th verse 3 that the watchman opens the gate and then it says the sheep listen to his voice. Well, whose voice? He's talking about the shepherd there. The sheep listen to his voice. I think there is such a thing as the voice of the shepherd. The shepherd speaks. The shepherd would call his sheep, and the sheep would listen. Now, I think we have to be pretty dense and ignorant to not see how that might apply to you and me, that the shepherd wants to speak, that the shepherd does speak, that you and I need to listen, we need to hear. And, and the shepherd would speak, and the, the sheep, they would recognize his voice. They would recognize his voice. There were a lot of shepherds back then. There were a lot of sheep back then. But the sheep could recognize the voice of their own shepherd. Let me ask you this. Is, is Jesus the shepherd still speaking today? Some of you may not be sure about that. And I think one of the reasons is because sometimes we just aren't listening. Are we listening? Do we have, do we have that quiet place to listen? To, do, do we, have we heard him speak enough to know and recognize that's, that's Jesus? Now, I'm not talking about audible voices here. Some of you are going to say, we've got to get rid of that guy. He's hearing voices. <laughs> but God does speak. Jesus speaks. He speaks in a lot of different ways, but have we, have we been listening enough to actually hear his voice? You remember the story about Elijah? You know, he, he freaked out and went out in the wilderness, and, you know, he, he's out there, and, and God spoke to him. And, you know, there was all kinds of stuff that happened. You know, the earthquake and the fire and all these things going on. It says, but the God, you know, God wasn't speaking through those things. But what was it? It was that still, small voice. Now, sometimes I think God can speak in giant, you know, ways, like radical ways. But if, if we're waiting for that to happen all the time, I think sometimes we're going to be waiting a long time. But if we get to that, that quiet place and we listen, we... Quiet our hearts before him. There's a pastor that I know, and, and he always says this before, uh, when, when he's going to pray, he says, let's all quiet our hearts now, quiet our spirits down to, to, to just be quiet before him and listen. I have a few quotes for you, for you, for you from different periods of time. Um, <clears throat> this is a 1600s. <clears throat> Some of you were around back then. And he says, he says, it never frightened a Puritan when you bade him stand still and listen to the speech of God. I mean, this is, this is powerful stuff, right? 
His closet, you all know what that is? That's not where he put his clothes. It's where he went to be alone with the Lord. Prayer closet. His closet and his church were full of reverberations of the awful, gracious, beautiful voice for which he listened. Isn't that incredible? You know, this place of quietness, this place of devotion, this place that you and I have where we go to listen listen to the Lord, where we open His Word, where we, where we want to hear God speak. And also in the church, he mentions here. I mean, you know, you, you come to church, I believe, I come to church because I want to, to meet with God. I want to hear from God. I want God to be there. I want to, to experience what God has for me and what, what God, how God wants to direct me. Maybe I'm going through this horrific trial and and the enemy wants me to stay home and stay away, but, but, but I go and, and, and God somehow speaks to me through the worship, through the prayer, through the word of God, or through somebody, the fellowship of the saints, somebody there with you. But God can speak, and I believe God wants to speak, and it's, it, it is beautiful, it's, it's awful, and that doesn't mean awful, awful. Well, I guess it's kind of like an awful, awful. <laughs> The way they used that term, right, back then. Because well, awful awfuls are good, right? Right, Gabe? G- Gabe is an awful, awful expert. Oh, you're the awful, awful expert? These guys both work there. Just ask them about it. Gracious and beautiful voice for which he listened. Did you get that part? How about this one? A.W. Tozer, he's a, more in our, our lifetime. Uh, the voice of God is a friendly voice. No one need fear, listen to it, unless, like these Pharisees, he has, made, he has already made up his mind to resist it. We don't need to be afraid what God has to say, what Jesus wants to speak to us, unless we're unwilling to do what he's asking us to do. He's never going to ask us to do anything that isn't good for us. He always has our best interests at heart. He's always a good shepherd. He always does it out of love. How about one more? This one's a little bit longer. Are you still with me? See, when I turn around, I can't tell if you all just go, (sighs) oh, good, I get a little break, a little nap time. There's hardly ever a complete silence in our soul. God is whispering to us well nigh incessantly. That's supposed to be nigh. Whenever the sounds of the world die out in the soul or sink low, then we hear these whisperings of God. Oops. Back, back, back. He is always whispering to us, only we do not always hear because of the noise. Hurry. And distraction, which life causes as it rushes on, 1814, 1863. Life is rushing on around us. We say, well, I don't ever hear God speak. Maybe we're so wrapped up in all the things that are going on. I remember, I think Switchfoot had a song, and they said, you know, you've got to turn down the noise. Sometimes you've got to turn it all off. You know? Think about eating dinner. Do you have the TV blasting when you're trying to eat dinner together? 
I used to do that. We used to do that. You know, when it's, it's wrong, it's not good because you cannot talk to each other. You can't hear the other person's voice. So sometimes you got to just turn it off so you can like look at each other. And that's why I hate to go to a restaurant that has you know, 15 TV sets in there. You can't even talk to each other. You're all looking, you're all distracted. You know, and try to take kids in there, forget it. It's all over, it's done. Sometimes we've got to shut this stuff off and just be quiet and listen. You've got to hear each other, but to hear the voice of, of the shepherd. Notice what it says there. Notice what it says there in... Uh, Verse 3, the sheep listen to his voice. But look what it says. He calls his own sheep by name. That's why we sang that song today. That's why I picked that song out. He knows my name. He knows your name. He calls you by name. I don't know every one of your names. You might be coming here for 20 years, and I still can't remember your name. Don't ask me. Please, you'll embarrass me come up to me and say oh rich i know your name but you know my name is you know cynthia and just in case you forgot (laughs) the lord never forgets your name he knows what your name is he knows your name and he calls you by name when he speaks to you he doesn't it's not just a, a general announcement for the whole world Though there are some things, obviously, that that applies to. There are some general scriptures and principles that apply to everybody, right? But but he speaks speaks to you by your name. What is your name? He knows your name. That, to me, is absolutely incredible. It's astounding. How could he know everybody's names? Because he's almighty. He's the creator. He's, he's, He's God. Hallelujah. I don't think there's anything in my life that has been more exciting other than giving my life to Jesus and marrying my wife than hearing the voice of God speak. And again, not audible voices, but, but when you're seeking after God and you, you, you're asking and you're, you're listening and, and you just know by His Word or somehow He speaks to you, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in this world. I I hope I'm giving you a thirst for that if you don't know what I'm talking about. Because I believe that He knows your name and He will speak and He he can speak to you. Individually. It's a very personal thing. It's very personal. Notice what the next thing is. It says He leads them out. He leads them out. The shepherd leads. And we follow. He would lead them out. Now that picture of the, of the sheep pen that I showed you earlier, uh, many times there would be multiple flocks that would go into that sheep pen, right? And so in the morning when it was time to go back out, the shepherds would come and the, the shepherd would call and lead his own sheep out, right? And, 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 that's, and that's one of the things he was referring to. He said they would recognize his voice. So the shepherd, that shepherd would come, he would call his sheep and the other sheep, they wouldn't come out. Just the ones that belonged to him, they would recognize his voice and he would lead them out 
He would lead them in their lives. The Lord wants to lead us too. We, we see over and over in the, in the Gospels where Jesus said that. He said, follow me. Jesus didn't say, where are you going? I'm going to follow you. He said, follow me. And, and for you and I as sheep, we need to follow the shepherd because we don't know the way. We're not all that smart. Some of you are thinking, well, I'm pretty smart. Good luck. It's like that compass on the ship, you know, when, you're, when you get off just by one degree, where do you end up? Somewhere else where you weren't planning on going. He goes on, he says there that when he has brought out all his own. I love that. Why? Because he says that, that we are his. We are his. He brings out all of his own. His own sheep. I am his sheep. We're the sheep of his pasture. That's, that's what it says in Psalm 100. It says this, I quote, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We're his. I'm his. I belong to him. He's going to take care of his own sheep. I'm just not some, you know, sheep that's just wandering around. I have a shepherd, and he's, he's going to take care of me because I'm his. I belong to him. Now, sometimes we fight against that, I know, but, but there, there should be this, this sense of security, this sense of, of confidence that we have, we, have a, we have a shepherd, and I belong to him. He's going to take care of me. He knows the way. I can follow him. I can trust him. It says here as well that he goes on ahead of them. He goes on ahead of them. That's kind of a, a, an interesting picture too, isn't it? He goes on ahead of them. In other words, he's not behind them beating them. He's not driving them like cattle, you know, with the, with the horses and all that stuff. I love watching old Western shows, you know. Wagon train... But, you know, those ones about, you know, the cattle, you know, they had to get out there and drive those cattle, right? That's why they called it a cattle drive. But Jesus isn't like that. He goes out ahead of us, and, and, and we follow after him. He's in front. He's leading us. But, but that, that kind of puts some responsibility on us to, like, look, where is he? And listen for that voice. I'm listening. I, I, I'm going to try to follow you. I'm doing my best to follow you. His sheep follow him because they know his voice is what it says. They know his voice. Again, we've been talking about that. And I've been mentioning this over and over. They know his voice. Do you know the voice of Jesus? Because they know his voice, we've seen it in, in uh, these verses. They hear his voice. They know his voice, and then they follow him. That's really what, what, if we want to simplify this whole passage, what it's really all about for us to, to, to hear his voice, to know it, and to follow after him. We could stop right there. But the Sunday school people would freak out. <laughs> okay. This is a, 
I'm going to show you a, pass, a passage now in Isaiah, which is, is wonderful. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 10 and 11. The first verse talks about the sovereign Lord and his power, and the second verse about the shepherd and his gentleness. See, he says, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arm rules for him. See or look, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. That's power, isn't it? That's the almighty sovereign God, and, and that's who the Bible declares our God to be. But is that all that he is? No. That wonderful, incredible, omnipotent, all-powerful God is also the shepherd. Look what it says in verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, and he carries them close to his heart. This makes me want to cry. He gently leads those that have young. That's the shepherd that we're talking about. He gently leads those that have young. He carries you and I close to his heart. That's how much he cares about you and me. That's the shepherd. You know, we, we should not be afraid to follow a shepherd like that, who, number one, is all-powerful, but two, loves us so much, and he's holding us close to his heart. That's incredible. That's wonderful. That's awful in the old sense of the word. He's, he's full of gentleness, caring in heart. He tends his flock, flock like a shepherd. Back to the Gospel of John in chapter 10, verse 5. Speaking about the sheep again, he says, But they, they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. This, this is kind of interesting now, isn't it? As well, he's talking about his own sheep. They would know the voice. They would recognize it. They would follow him. But, but he says there were, there were strangers as well. But he says his own sheep, they wouldn't follow after the stranger because they would know that's not the voice. That's not my shepherd's voice. Now, the truth of the matter is this, is there are a lot of voices in this world. There are innumerable voices in this world. Is that true? There's a lot of voices, and they want you to follow them. They want you, and sometimes even, I think, even sheep, because they're not all that smart, sometimes they get distracted. Maybe even their heads turn aside to, to, to listen, but... We need to listen and follow only the shepherd, only the Savior. We need to listen for him and follow him. Verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. This, again, this is about sheep, isn't it? They didn't understand what he was telling them. How many times does he have to tell us stuff? You know, I've been a believer for a few years now, and he still has to tell me stuff over and over again. I'm going like, I should know this by now. I should have this thing down by now, I think. 
I did hear that before. That sounds vaguely familiar, like 45 times. But verse 7, he goes on. He, he patiently continues with them. He's so patient. He's so patient with you. He's so patient with me. If he was like the Pharisees, where would we be? Just like that man born blind, we'd be out. Out in the cold. But he's not like that. He is not like that. He's gentle. He cares. He's patient. He's kind. He shows us the true meaning of that love, that agape love. Verse 7, Therefore Jesus said again, Notice that word. Again, he says. I tell you the truth. He says, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. He said, I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. So, as I said earlier, Jesus is the shepherd, but he is also the gate. And so he, he, he says it here in the next passage. He's going to say, I am the good shepherd. And he makes that very, very clear. But, but he says here, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate. I tell you the truth. He uses that phrase again. I tell you the truth. I am the gate. And so how can Jesus, who is the shepherd also be the gate. Like, that doesn't even make sense, does it? How can that possibly be? Are you the shepherd or are you the gate? Well, Jesus says that he's both. Well, how could that be? Let me show you. Notice this picture. There's the sheepfold, right? And where's the shepherd? He's right there. So they didn't have like a gate where they could close it. They would actually become the gates themselves. That's radical, isn't it? He's both. He's the shepherd and he is the gate. And, and there was no way, you know, they would try to jump over the wall, but there's no way for anybody to get in unless they went over and through the shepherd, who was also functioning as the gate. That's radical, huh? says, I am the gate for the sheep. This is the third time in the Gospel of John where he uses this phrase, I am. Anybody remember the first two? What? I am the bread of life. Yes. Chapter what? Six. What's, anybody remember the next one? I am the light of the world. Right. And that kind of is referred to in many places, but I think Eight, I think, is mainly. I am the, the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And seven times, actually eight, he uses that phrase, I am this, I am that, I am... And now he says, I am the gate. And then he's going to say, I am the good shepherd. You see, Jesus is everything to us. He's, all, he's our all in all. We used to sing a song about that, you know, Jesus, my all in all. And that's what he is. But notice, he says that there, that there's, there's only one way in. You, you jump over the wall to try to get into the sheepfold, that's not going to work. He says, 
Whoever enters through me will be saved. And, and he talks about that. He's been speaking about that. And that is like the main theme, the master uh, theme, that he is God and that he is the way to the Father. One of the major themes in the Gospel of John, he says, this is the only way, I'm the gate. And whoever enters through me will be saved. Will be saved, he says. That's that's that's. That's the only way, the, the only entrance, the only way into life is through Jesus, the gate. He says, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, the, these false shepherds like the Pharisees. So let's wrap this up. He says that he's the gate. He, he's been talking about himself and everything that that involves in being the shepherd, and there's so much more that we will get to about what the shepherd does and what Jesus did as our shepherd. But he says, I'm, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. So what does that tell us that we need to do? We need to enter in. We need to enter. If, if we want to get into the sheepfold, if we want to be one of his, the first thing to do is we've got to enter in. And he says the only way to get in is through himself, through the gate. He is the gate. And, and, and when we do, we are saved that's a biblical term where we shouldn't be afraid to use it. We're rescued. We're saved from destruction, from danger. We, are, we, are, we belong to Him. We are now part of the family. We're born again into the family of God. But we must enter through the gate. How do we do that? We believe and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that He died on the cross for our sins. We believe that He was buried and that he rose from the dead. He paid for our sins. He conquered death. We believe that, and we receive him. You know, some people have trouble with, you know, you pray to, believe, to receive Jesus Christ in, into your heart and life. Well, that's what John chapter 1, verse, verse 12 says, that as many as who, who, who believed him, who received him, they became children. You and I, that's how we enter in. We receive him. We ask him into our hearts and lives. He comes in, and by his spirit, he does an incredible, incredible, awesome work. And we now belong to him. We're one of his sheep forever and ever and ever. Have you entered in? It's a personal decision. Just like he speaks to his sheep personally, it's a personal thing. You, you can't do it for somebody else. They can't do it for you. Your mom or your dad didn't do it. Your pastor didn't do it. You've got to do it yourself. I hope that you have. I hope and pray that you have. You have, you have asked that. I'm going to give you an opportunity as we, as we close in prayer here in just a second, or maybe a minute, or maybe two minutes, to receive the Lord Jesus. And notice what it says there, that, that when we do, we're not only saved, verse 9, it says that he, that speaking about you and I, we will come in and we will go out and we will find pasture. It's like, this like affects our whole life. My life was radically transformed by Jesus. 
Now, does that mean it's always good and always fine and wonderful? No, I have trials and troubles just as much as anybody else. But, but my life was transformed. And, and, and this is why, because I have a shepherd. I have one I can look to. And, and I am not alone. I'm not on my own. I have a Savior. I have a shepherd. His name is Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want uh, fine pasture. He takes care of my needs. He, he, he supplies for me. He's been so faithful. And I want to encourage you that He is the same for you. He is the same for you. Not He will be, but He is the same for you. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. It's powerful. It's living. It's active. And, and Lord, maybe there's something in this message that speaks to us. I know there's a lot that, that uh, comes into my heart and my mind, Lord, that you uh, have opened up my eyes to see some of the things, some of the ways you care, some of the ways you speak, some of the things that you want to do in my life, even in these nine verses and some of the other verses that we've looked at. But, Lord, you are still speaking today. You're still leading today. You haven't just said, well, good luck. You're on your own now, but you're there with us, and we're never alone. You'll never leave us or forsake us. The good shepherd never leaves his sheep. I pray for your people here today, Lord. Each one of us would grow in our walk and our relationship with you, that we recognize, we'd hear the voice, that voice, the voice of Jesus. We'd listen carefully. We'd get to know it so well. We would listen to the stranger's voice because we know your voice, Lord. And maybe there's some here today who have never, never entered in. Maybe that's you today. And, and, I, and let's pray right now. You can pray along with me and enter in and you can open your heart and life to Jesus today. You can pray and, and just pray along with me. And you can say these words, Dear Jesus, I am a sheep and I am lost. But I'm here today and I, I, I want to be one of yours. And so I ask you, I, I believe in that cross where you died for my sin. I believe in that empty tomb where you rose I believe that you love me and that you want to make me one of your own. So I ask you now to come in. I receive you to my heart and my life today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. Shall we have one more song about the shepherd?